0: when we were planning for this I asked Amy I said do you think six o'clock's too late for the fives
1: <laughs> should we do it on a
0: Saturday morning
1: <laughs> no listen I did have to plan out like I had to go ahead and eat real quick and I'm like okay I need everyone else to be showered and stuff so when I get done I can get my shower get in bed
2: <laughs> hello and welcome to the Sesh podcast I'm Amy and I'm Kathy Nefesh, which is
0: the title of our show, is an extension of a few of our favorite things that we like to do together as friends. We like to study the Bible together and learn as much as we can about how to become healthier humans so that we can better love the other humans in our lives.
2: We invite you to join us as we learn and practice. The music that you hear in the background is from our friends, the Shira Brothers. You can find their music on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Shira Brothers
1: by and by. we shall meet on that beautiful shore, in the sweet by and by, we shall
2: Welcome back to the Netfish Sesh podcast. We are back with our Enneagram types in friendship, and we are joined today by a couple of our guests that are type fives, that identify as type fives. So we're so glad to have Claire and Jen with us this evening. And so before we get to talking with them, let's just go back over some basics about Enneagram fives. Enneagram top fives are called the investigator. Uh, their orientation to time is the past. Their passion is avarice or greed, uh, which maybe they can tell us a little bit more about because uh, I think that one's one of the harder ones to understand. Their wings are four and six. Uh, Their need is to feel competent. And in security, when they're feeling like secure, they'll move more towards like a type eight, uh, feeling more confident and maybe more in leadership roles. And in non security, they're moving more towards a type seven and might be hyperactive or feel scattered. Their lost childhood message is that your needs are not a problem. So, some fun facts about fives fives
0: are. Uh, said to have an invisible shield around them so it'd be interesting to see what Jennifer and Claire tell us about that and so what I mean by that is they can go into a place that's full of a lot of people and be there and leave and no one would notice that they were there. They have a strong need for privacy it is said that maybe no one knows the whole story about a five because they have different friend groups and then they have different friends and they will share only a specific piece of themselves with each different person. So they're kind of, they can be kind of nervous about all of their friend groups or all of their friends coming together in a place um, and like saying, well, I knew this about this person or so that might be an issue. They can delay emotions. And so for instance, they may not feel Christmas until the day after Christmas. They sometimes can use analytical knowledge to substitute for relationships. And one thing that's interesting is when Enneagram fives decide to learn about the Enneagram, which can make it take a whole lot of convincing to do that. They will really nerd out about the Enneagram and they just want to learn everything. So, I'm hoping that our guests today will be able to teach us and our listeners a whole lot of new things. We love the Enneagram because we get an inside out view of our people and it just brings so much compassion to our own relationships. And we get to learn about our own personality muscles and come to realize that those personalities can be flexible and moldable. So, If you will introduce yourselves, tell us um, your family situation and a little bit about what you do, and either one of you can go
3: first. So My name is Jennifer, Jen for short, and I um, live in Cookville with my husband and our two kids, two dogs, and a cat, and (laughs) I used to be a public school educator and um, kind of went rogue and did my own thing, and I'm a holistic health coach and all of the things that surround that.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. And so Jen has a podcast too. You want to tell them a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. So Val Petty, who was on when you guys did the eight, she and I have a podcast where we use essential oils to um, break down emotional things that we all deal with that we try to shove away because fives and eights are great at that and uh, break down what kind of how to process it and how essential oils can help. It's called metamorphosis.
0: Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes along with um, Rootedinlove.co or tell me. Okay. All right. That sounds great. All right, Claire, tell us about yourself.
1: All right. Well, I'm Claire. So my family situation is I live with my parents, my 11-year-old daughter, and my 22-year-old sister. Plus, we have three cats and a dog. (laughs) Um, And Charlie. a (laughs) A little background on me. I struggled with addiction for many, many years. And in January, it'll be three years that I have sober. So that's kind of why like, I'm still living with my parents and my daughter's been living with my parents for a long time. Uh, what I do, I work for Gayla Hendricks at her law office as her secretary. And I also am on the re- a volunteer on the recovery court team in DeKalb County just to kind of you know, use my story to help others. And I guess really my story and what I've been through has kind of helped me kind of venture out from that, you know, typical top five part. I have to like learn to be brave and to share my story or it just becomes something that could eat at me and eat at me and be something bad. So that's a big part of, you know, who I am.
0: Yeah, that's very, that's courageous, I don't know if courageous is a bigger word than brave, but uh thanks for sharing
2: that with us, Claire. Um, yeah, congratulations on your sobriety. That's quite an accomplishment, three years yeah That's thank awesome. you. I couldn't have done it
1: without a lot of people behind me and really my family behind me. I've got you know a great family, so
2: yeah, well, all right. can you each tell us a little bit about how you found the Enneagram and how you settled on identifying as a five? Um, For me it was about three years ago. I
3: don't even remember why but someone just told me that (laughs) that they had learned it during therapy and so at that point I was like headlong into like learning how to process emotions and stuff like that and self-growth and all those things and I was already a personality test junkie and so I was like sure I'll take this and um, a lot of people say that they struggled to know their number and it was ridiculously obvious like as soon as i read it i was like i've done myers-briggs you know i'm an intp but nothing described me like the enneagram and it gave me hope that i don't that i'm not just stuck in this box of my tendencies wow
1: All right, what about you claire um a couple of years ago i had a friend that had really been into the her enneagram and researching it and I remember she was telling me about it and I hadn't heard about it. So I was asking her a little bit about it. And she said, you're a top five. She said, just take the test. I can tell you you're a top five. And I was like, okay. So I took it. And sure enough, I was a top five. And when I started researching it, I was like, oh, I'm a definitely a top five, Like, you know, completely, you know, they talk about being kind of more introverted and researching things. I can't tell you how many times I pull my phone out to just google something you know and like look something up, and you know I get into this deep, dark hole you know where I'll just keep moving and moving and moving researching stuff um plus I you know we're the investigators we kind of observe and watch and I do that a lot too if I'm you know at something in a social group, especially a large group, I like to just sit back and you know watch the room and then I feel awkward because I might people notice that I'm just staring at them. Um, so yes, in every sense of the way I'm a top five.
2: That's great. I love type fives. I, when I was in engineering before I went into education, I was around a lot of type fives and was in a lot of friend circles with type fives. And I think fives are really special and can get overlooked or uh, underappreciated sometimes so which of your wings is we are is most dominant we'd kind of be interested to to hear which wing you guys kind of lean on well
3: when I first took the test it told me my, my wings were balanced and um I read somewhere that maybe some people spend half of their life with one wing and half of their life in another and I have noticed just very recently that think I probably identified more with the four just that like I don't know intense kind of artsy side and now I feel myself moving more towards the six and their like draw for community and service mm-hmm. and just giving constantly of themselves which is not really a five thing and that's why I'm noticing it <laughs> so I think I'm moving into six more these days
1: yeah I would say a six is dominant for me Plus, there's a, I feel like sixes, when I was, you know, kind of studying up on those, they have a lot of like instincts to where, like, when sixes meet someone, they immediately trust or distrust, you know, that person. Mm-hmm. And I see that in myself a lot. And sometimes I have to, like, you want to second guess yourself, especially when you have that feeling of distrust with people who you meet. But I often find it plays out in the way that my gut instinct was at the beginning. Also, I I think since I've gotten older, fear and anxiety and stuff, which can kind of play off that top five stuff, like social anxiety and everything. And that six can kind of really come in there with that. You know, the anxiety I had just about doing this, you know, it's just kind of, I tried not to and not to. And then finally I gave in, which I'm glad I, you know, usually in the end, I'm glad I do something, but.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, friend relationships. Um, that's kind of one of our goals here. So tell us what you value most in relationships.
3: Oh my gosh, that might take a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't open up quickly. I feel like I have a million kind of filters I'm going through before I let people in. So well, first of all, I just have to feel safe and that's not anything I can explain from my head. I just have to feel it. If I don't feel safe like that, like there was talking, that social anxiety is going to kick in and we're not going to get past how's the weather and see you bye. <laughs> Um, But like my close friendships, um, I'd say that they're just all very responsible people. Also kind of stimulate me like intellectually. Um, we can talk about things. Um, and I don't have to feel like the, uh, odd person that just, you know, like that has all these random facts and people look at me, you know, strange. Like I have to be like, we have to be able to bounce things back and forth and just really that trustworthiness. Like I have, I just have to feel safe. That's probably the biggest thing for me.
1: What about you, Claire? Well, I feel like I have to have somebody that's really balanced in a sense I'm not good at cultivating friendships and I'm not really good at reaching out to people. So I have to have somebody who's going to be more bold in like asking me to do something and then asking me again and again and again and again until I finally feel comfortable to maybe reach out to them. And I like someone who's more social than I am, but not overly social and who knows someone who can understand that I'm not overly social and that they can get to where like, okay, let's, you know, do something with maybe one or two other people that can kind of push me a little bit, but not to the point where I'm uncomfortable. Also, somebody who just can just kind of be, you know, I like calm. I don't like super loud music. I don't like, you know, movies that are just overstimulating, anything like that. It just kind of can give me a lot of anxiety. You know, and really I would really look at my mother as probably my best friend and someone who's just personality type is well-suited to mine. We can just kind of, we can go somewhere to go shopping and sit in a car ride the whole way there and we can either talk or we can just not talk and it's comfortable, you know, which also that's my mother who I've lived with for a long time and it's, you know, you just feel comfortable with that person. So has to be someone who's kind of, you know, mild, but a little bit, more courageous and stuff than, uh, than I am. Hmm.
0: So from what I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, fives love predictability. Is that where that safe feeling safe
3: around others comes in? Probably. Like if you show up to my house and you didn't tell me you're coming, I probably like, that's probably like deals off. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That's not okay.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't message me at four in the afternoon and ask me like to really go and do something major that evening. I mean, if you say like, Hey, what if we got takeout and, you know, went to your house and, you know, just sit around and watched a movie, maybe, you know, I'd still like a little notice for that, but don't put me in a social situation without some time for me to prep for it. Um, Mm.
2: But
1: I like someone who's predictable, but maybe just a had more unpredictable than I am not too much not to any extreme just a little bit somebody that's gonna push me a little bit but not out of my comfort zone
3: yeah I think adventurous is probably what I crave is my balance like my husband's the one he's like let's drive to Chattanooga this weekend and I'm like that sounds amazing but I never would have suggested it myself
0: <laughs> okay so you both talk about intuition You've both said that, like when I feel it, if I I can notice it right away, and the deal is off. I think Jen's words were, and then Claire said the same thing. So, so we think about fives being in the head center, but that sounds a lot like what our gut centers think too. So, can you talk to us a, a little bit about that? Well,
3: recently I was talking with Elisa Allen, you know, therapist friend of, of ours, and. Um, she has looked into something called, um, human design, human design. Yes. There you (laughs) go. Yeah. yeah. And (laughs) the irony of me is that, um, in my design, like I'm a sacral center, which means I do live from my gut, even though I process things in my brain will process really fast. But when it comes to decisions, if I go up in my head, I almost can't make the decision. Um, I almost have to just go back to the gut feeling Hmm. and just. Feel my way through it, or I'll stay in indecision forever, which is a very five thing to do. But I think that's, I've had to grow through it. Is that true for you
0: too, Claire?
1: I have to find a balance between the two. Um, Big things, typically, I'll have a gut instinct about it. My head will try to overthink it and over process it, maybe talk me out of it. But usually big things that really matter my gut is typically right I just like to do a little research and have that logic and that science behind it
2: with impulse
1: decisions I can be very impulsive and that's where my gut like you know and things like that will kind of get in the way from kind of block out my head sometimes
3: there's nothing more satisfying for me to like um make a decision for my gut and go that direction, but I will still research it and like build my case for why I
2: did it afterward. Is that for your own sake or in case you need to justify that for someone else?
3: Probably both. And I always feel like if somebody ever asked me like, well, how did you do this? I want to have it laid out. I'm like, well, <laughs> let me tell you.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, Jen can give the best step by step directions. (laughs) And Claire, that is great that you have learned that balance.
1: It takes a lot of time to learn that. And I feel like there have just been things in my life that I've gone through, especially in the last few years, that have, you know, really helped me to grow and have some more discernment about what to trust your head or your gut because it's the balance. Sometimes your head over you overthink and it can be wrong, and then sometimes your gut can be wrong, so it's just something that I feel like you learn to trust yourself, which is kind of a hard thing sometimes for me to do, um especially it's hard for me to trust things when there's no logic or science behind it. I like facts, I like things that are tangible and things that you know I can really see or you know things like that
2: so you mentioned earlier about if if someone wants to plan something with you they need to give you time to prep can you talk us through your brain and like what does that mean what to <laughs> to prep for a s- social gathering or an outing or something like that
1: so i've always joke and my family will joke that i would really like an itinerary for you know the rest of my life that would be <laughs> helpful so you know, when something's going on, if I was, you know, on a Saturday night supposed to go out to, you know, something social with friends, even if it's a small group, I have to plan that, okay, I'm going to do the my typical things I do on the weekend, I have to kind of shift that schedule around and then I have to think of, okay, well, Sunday, I definitely don't want to be around people. If I'm going to be around people Saturday night, then Friday and Sunday, I need to just have like my me time, you know, it's, I can get overwhelmed by being around people too much so I have to kind of prepare myself for that
2: yeah maybe in a similar way that like I just think about like my cell phone like planning in order for it to stay charged you know for the whole amount of time that I need it to and then having a plan you know to so you almost need that recharge time in order to be able to fulfill the social time maybe well
3: and I think that might be where that avarice or greed comes in I'm really stingy with my time really like I I love I can feel I read somewhere that um fives can be their own best friend (laughs) and and so I really do feel like if I've got too much going on or if I've been around people too much I I really do feel like I've been like slided on my my me time and the things I like to do by myself in an empty house (laughs) Yeah. That empty house is important. I think. Yeah.
0: Which when you're living with a whole bunch of people, that's really hard to do. Yeah.
1: Well, I've started, luckily I have a job where, um, I can kind of fix my schedule around a little bit. And, you know, this past week I worked, you know, four full days and one half a day. That way when most of the people in my house were at work, I could stay home and I can get so much accomplished you know, more so when I'm by myself, I can get up and run through the house and clean and, you know, do things like that, but do it on my own time, like clean a little bit, sit down, read a little bit in between, watch a show some in between. Whereas if everybody's there, I don't know why. It's like, I just don't feel comfortable getting up and just doing stuff with other people around, even though those are the people I live with and (laughs) that I know better than anyone else. It's just this, you know, it's, I guess, therapeutic for me to do things when you know, I'm alone. So, when we talked to
2: Sixes on our last episode, we kind of introduced a, a theory or framework that Aristotle laid out for friendship, and that included utility friends, pleasure friends, and then what he calls perfect or good friends. And so, if you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to the to this Enneagram Six episode. But I'm just interested, Claire and Jen, in um, kind of which of those three do you feel like is most important to you uh, right now? Which, you know, if you think about your friendships, uh, what what seems to fit for an Enneagram type five or just for a Claire and a Jen (laughs) right now?
3: I think that the perfect and good friend probably stuck out the most to me. But I, I think what I was saying earlier about how many filters I have when I'm like picking friends or spending time with friends, I feel like most of my friends check all of those boxes or they don't make it in the circle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like mine's more like the perfect and good friends also. I just feel like, and that can be hard for me because when it comes to making new friends, that's the hard part. You know, your perfect and good friends are people who you have this, bond with and it takes time to get that so sometimes it can be hard for me to really let new people into my life to into my friend circle so but you can't ever achieve you know having those perfect good friends without letting people in first and giving it time for you know letting it grow things just have to happen more naturally for me as far as friendships instead of you know me really like working towards it or putting myself out there just doesn't really happen hmm.
2: you mentioned earlier that that's sort of intimidating forming a new friendship you know is that do you all find that difficult like being ha- courageous enough to be the first one to like initiate oh that doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> I,
3: yeah Uh-oh. i hate it i mean i <clears throat> i guess I, picked up enough social skills to force my way through it. Whenever somebody else asks, I'm like, okay, I'll play the game. We'll go have coffee. I'll, but then like, I better have a whole evening plan to just decompress because I just the social awkwardness of really talking about surface stuff for me. Like if we can't get to like deep, meaningful stuff really fast, and you can't do that with a stranger. Um, but if we can't get there really fast, it's just exhausting for me.
2: Hmm, maybe that feels like a waste of your energy. That's like really precious—your time and energy that you want to use wisely. It sounds like,
3: yeah, yeah. Because I've got like heavy things in my mind, and I need like a sounding board. And like, if I'm going to talk to people and and use my social energy, I want it to be useful. Usefulness is pretty important to me and <laughs> a lot of things.
2: So if you know, let's say they only check two of those boxes out of the three utility pleasure and perfect you probably care much less about pleasure friends than i mean you need the utility and the perfect and good friendship maybe i could be totally wrong no i i mean i would i don't want to say that that's true because i i do
3: i do find myself rounding myself out with pleasure friends like it that is a need but it's not it's not one that i probably gravitate to first like The best friend situation for me is if we can work side by side on something that's meaningful while we also like share our lives together.
0: So is that about production too?
3: Oh, I love, yeah. Like to be
0: productive, to feel
1: productive? I love accomplishing something and like seeing an impact. There has to be something like really deep to connect me with somebody to kind of I guess, begin that friendship, you know, that's the best way that I can, you know, make friends, someone with a similar story to mine, you know, or things like that. But for me, the hardest thing in life is small talk, you know, when you're put around someone and you just have to kind of talk with them and not necessarily about anything, you're just trying to be polite. And the amount of times that I've said something awkward and embarrassing is ridiculous we still will share this story about I was younger I was probably like 13 or 14 and we were out to eat for my birthday and the waiter you know I was 13 or 14 and the waiter was really good looking to me so he brings me out like ice cream you know after a meal and says happy birthday and I look at him I say happy birthday to you too (laughs) this is my life story okay this is like this happens Way too often. <laughs> Even at work on the phone with people, like I get off the phone and I'll tell people all the time, like I don't know if I'm awkward or if everyone else is, but I'm pretty sure it's me. It just <laughs> happens. And I've learned to laugh about it, but you know, it just sometimes it still kind of gets to me a little bit.
2: So, are you re- like later on when you go home, are you replaying and analyzing all of that in your head, those social interactions?
1: I do to a certain point, but I can also compartmentalize, you know, to a certain extent. I can kind of escape and I have this ability to block a lot of things out. Not that they aren't going to stir back up later, but, you know, for the time being, I can kind of block things out and get in my head about something else. The good thing about being in your head is you might be in your head about one thing, but you can totally take yourself to a different place, you know, for a while if you need to.
0: That sounds fabulous. (laughs) That sounds
2: fascinating.
1: It was what I was
2: thinking. I want
0: that. (laughs) I want some of that. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So you talked about your friends. So, and I know we're not supposed to type other people, but I'm just curious. Do you know what your perfect good friends that you described? Do you know what their Enneagram types are? And do you gravitate towards a
3: certain type? I have a ton of eight friends and that's my, you know, it's my growth path direction. So it makes complete sense. Like those are my comfortable people right now. Fours and sixes also show up a lot in my life and they're probably less comfortable because I see so much of myself in them. It's almost like, Oh, they have the same awkward tendency or (laughs) whatever where eights are like more natural, more courageous, more, you know, just bold and, sassy and it's just a little bit easier for me to relax and be myself I think with an eight
1: yeah I feel like I have a lot of I gravitate towards a lot of nines you know people who are just nines and then of course sixes and then also I find myself to gravitate towards fives but from a distance you know I just you know I've had this like distance, <laughs> like a nod like, friendship. and it's, yes, the worst, it's It's like a mutual respect for like five I to be you know, for a five to gravitate towards another five? Because how do you ever really start a friendship with another five?
3: I have some five friends at church and it's funny because they'll start talking about one of their like deep interests. And then I start, you know, we start bouncing back and forth and it's just kind of like, Hmm, I don't know. Like, it's just a weird, um, it's like we both have very obscure information in our heads that neither one Like, maybe we're not interested in, like, that side of something. Like, a five goes, yeah, a five goes so deep that, I mean, you either have to just, like, marvel at, like, wow, you know a whole lot. But then, I don't know, like, the other five is going to be, like, yeah, you know a whole lot about that. But I'm going to talk about, I don't know, it's just super deep but in different directions, depending on their specific interests. And so it's, it is kind of hard to find a, a point where fives connect and really can go deep on, on something.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Jennifer, you mentioned eights, you know, cause I think those were what you described earlier as maybe somebody that might push you out of your comfort zone a little bit. And then Claire, I was thinking about nines and nines are like able to kind of uh, adjust to whoever they're with a little bit you know I think about like mm-hmm. the nines that I know and I identify as a nine and I think I've made it a skill to know like a little bit about everything and so I can engage with a five on any subject a little you know enough to build a little bit of a connection uh and then you know let you tell me about what you're passionate about so.
1: Yeah, some of the nines that I'm friends with it's Odd because I'll look at them and I'll think how am I friends with them and then they're also friends with these other people like there's not a connection like you know they have very opposite ends of the spectrum you know types of friends but I guess that's something I kind of envy in a nine because I'm just like they can really kind of fall in there with a lot of groups of people and just kind of mesh well with people
0: So is it true that you will tell different friend groups or different friends different things about yourself that you like won't share your whole self necessarily? Is that true for you too?
3: I think it probably was for me earlier in life, but like when you go through something and you live in a small town and everybody knows your business, I think that just kind of, I don't know, those walls kind of crumble. I think now I'm pretty much an open book.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'd, typically very quickly into friendships with people or you know even if it's just more of a work relationship or anything with people i tell them a lot about my past which is probably the deepest you know part of me just because it's a story and i've just learned to really put it out there and start with that um but you know before that whole part of my life and you know how that really changed me a lot i did You know kind of keep different show different sides of me to different friend groups but now it's kind of you know i lead off with the most personal part of my life you know
0: yeah that vulnerability um i mean it just increases another person's vulnerability with you i mean you know so and that's really what it's all about um we get so caught up in what other people think sometimes i don't care what type enneagram type you are we all have that we all deal with that and forget that we're not going to forge those relationships without that vulnerability being present so that's that's really courageous once again you know that 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 we can do that and i think the enneagram has helped me to be able to understand and do that and that's why everybody should know about it. So <laughs> one of my favorite parts of our show is we have our guests take a spiritual gift survey. And so we're going to ask uh, Jen and Claire if they'll share that. It's really interesting to see uh, how the different types possess these different spiritual gifts. So uh, what was your top spiritual gift? And you can talk, talk about your second highest spiritual gift too if you want.
3: Mine was uh, wisdom. And discernment, which uh those weren't surprises. Um and then my third one was miracles, which um I probably wouldn't have recognized until more recently in my life. But the first two I feel like are where my headspace is all the time. So are you sharing wisdom with other people? I'm digging for it, learning about it, sharing it. Like I just wanna know how the world and people work. That's just it. Okay.
0: So do, do you notice that people will naturally gravitate towards you to kind of seek out wisdom?
3: Yeah, it happens a ton. I don't know if they know that that's why they're coming to me or if that's just what develops between us, but I've had people tell me, like, as I work with a ministry at my church, that is like an inner healing ministry. Like, it's not therapy or counseling, but it's like really deep conversations and in prayer around really sensitive topics. And I've had people tell me like, I wouldn't do this if it was just everybody. I really, like, I trust you because I feel like you take this stuff very seriously. That's awesome that that
0: you guys provide that. That's almost like, um well, I've been really interested in like a spiritual director recently, mm-hmm. like kind of exploring that a little bit. So that kind of sounds like what you guys are doing there, kind of spiritual directing, if you yeah. will. Yeah.
1: Claire, what was your spiritual gifts? I can't wait. Um, my top one was discernment, which made sense for me. Like I said, I just always have this, I've always had this ability to kind of read people and know people, and I didn't trust that a lot before. But I think just over time, you start to see like, wow, you know, I already was kind of iffy about this person and it turned out right, or, you know, I did trust this person and it turned out right. Um, or, you know, just even different situations, you know, you kind of just know, um, or, you know, I just kind of have that ability. And then my second one was servanthood, which kind of, at first I was like, well, that's kind of odd. I'm not really the type to just really go out and do and, you know, be like active. But um, I guess with like, in a sense, I looked at it as with my background, with addiction and everything, and then I've been, you know, helping with recovery court, and that's really been great, and I've really like to, you know, we've bounced around with the recovery court, like, different ideas about things to do within the community, and I'm always, you know, very willing to do that. I think it's just, I'm really willing to do something when it's within my comfort zone, and it's something that I know, and that I can trust myself with, so, you know, it's my way of I guess, giving back and making sure I'm helping people, you know, is something that I know I have the ability to help them with.
0: Something you've had experience and success with. Yeah. And that's so needed. It's so easy to tell people what to do if you've not walked in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to circle back to miracles for just a second because um, Jen, when you talked about miracles was your third gift Um, I just want to explain to our listeners that that's not necessarily like you're healing people (laughs) or performing miracles, but that you're able to recognize miracles and that you're not really surprised by that. Um, It's almost a thing of, oh, really that happened? Well, I knew that would happen all the
3: time when other people were just, are just kind of shocked or, um, so do you find that, Jen? I am always drawing connections between things and pointing things out to other people. I'm like, look, we just had that conversation last week and here you are like, this has happened, that's happened. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like I instantly pick those things
2: out. Hmm. That's really unique, I think. And very needed, especially in like faith communities. I think, you know, like we spend all this time in prayer and kind of like seeking what God is doing or wants to do and then we need people like you to point that out and make those connections yeah because sometimes we miss it
3: (laughs) I I think I think we all do in our own heads I think we all need somebody on the outside helping us point that stuff out because I'll miss it for myself but I can see it with with other people really easily
1: and I don't know I just find that interesting because that one was not on my list. Like my third one on my spiritual gifts inventory was exhortation. Miracles was nowhere on that. And I feel like this is just one way which, where you and I are very different because I just, I don't recognize those things. Um, not that I don't believe in those things or anything, but it's just, I sometimes I get so caught up in like the science and facts and stuff about stuff. You know, someone will come back and talk about, you know, like, going back to when they thought they had cancer and going back to the doctor and they said they didn't I'm like well maybe the machine was messed up you know this is like where my head always goes like I just need like some logic behind <laughs> stuff not that I don't you know and i at the end of the day I mean I believe that things like that happen but I'm just like oh I would love to be able to be able to go and check that machine and just see if that's what it is <laughs> or if it's really you know I need tangible stuff. Um, I think
3: that might come from where I said the first part of my life I live more in like my Four wing, and I think fours are all about the fantasy, and and like I've got yeah. that logic to back it up, so I don't just go get lost in fantasy and I don't make things up, but I do enjoy like the story and the just the you know impossibility and in those parts. I think that's where i lived the first part of my life, and then now I'm more I'm I won't say that I'm skeptic now, but um, I don't have a lot of energy to waste on things on like rabbit trails that aren't going somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I do, I think I've balanced out, um, that, you know, that logic side of of two of like, well, we'll see (laughs) kind of thing, but I still do. I Mm -hmm. I, always, I love connecting the dots of the story. Um, especially if it's showing like God working through somebody's life or something like that. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I think we've talked about a lot of brave and courageous things that you've both done. Is there anything else you want to share that you've done lately that's been real brave and courageous? First of all, coming on a podcast. Of not for Jen.
2: <laughs> she's a pro. That's she's who we go pro. to with our podcast questions. So. <laughs> or any questions. Yes.
0: <laughs> so she's got a lot of discernment. Claire, we're going to add you to the list. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> um so anything you want to share that's been uh that you've done that's been brave or courageous lately
1: I would say being on the podcast I mean that's probably a big thing for me um just because I mean Kathy and Jennifer I know you too Amy I don't know you but still I don't I might know y'all but you know and I <laughs> take no offense to this Jennifer you'll completely understand you're not in my inner circle so it's <laughs> definitely out of my comfort zone to be doing this. But yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing most recently, you know, that I've done.
0: Yeah. And a big uh, thank you to Jen for reaching back out to you and saying, okay, (laughs) it's the first time I asked you, are like, no, not doing it.
1: (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) Well, when Jennifer asked me, I was like, okay, I know Jennifer, for two so uh, all right i told mama i said well first off kathy asked me and then now jennifer's asked me so i guess i'll give in and i'll do it
0: <laughs> we we should have had miss joy parker on as our special guest
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> i love me some joy hmm. <laughs> it just couldn't have been a school night <laughs> yeah, i think she's already in her pajamas
2: <laughs> i'm sure <laughs>
1: What about you, Jen?
3: I feel like because a five's growth path is toward an eight. I feel like our whole life is nothing but making courageous steps. Um, otherwise we would stay in our bedroom all day, every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Cause I think fives are, you know, fearful and anxious by nature. And so everything feels courageous, but I will say compared to like most people um, this past year, I just decided one day to call up a real estate agent and see about putting my house on the market and it sold ridiculously fast. And then we kind of up and moved to a different town, which moved my son in his last two years of high school, which was terrifying for me as a mom to put him through that. But also I knew he was going to get experiences that would change his life too. And so I I pushed for that, even though I wasn't sure of the outcome, but I felt like it was going to be a good thing. And it has turned out to be a really good change for all of us. And then since then I've just gotten really connected into a whole new town of people, uh, which is a big deal. Cause I come from, you know, a smaller town where everybody knows everybody. And you know, I already had, I already had like my connections very well set. Like I don't need to know those people. I already know these people. Um, I know enough about those people. i watch them from a distance where, here everybody's a stranger and so I'm constantly having to like expand my network and you know do the whole social game (laughs) yeah but that's given you an opportunity for a a lot of growth oh it has definitely um I almost feel like I kind of ride the wave of discomfort now instead of uh, analyzing where I spend my energy. I'm like, sure. Like, let's sure. I mean, I, and I've recently taken on a, a role like a leadership role at my church. That's kind of a big deal that has kind of made me really go against all of my typical social boundaries and just like throw it to the wind and be like, all right, let's go. That's, that's where I say my six wing has come out more because sixes are all about like security and building that safe network. not not safe for them but they just they need to know they're connected to community and um, I don't know that's something I've been working on lately that's been a new thing for me
0: yeah that's awesome wow I I don't think we could have chosen two better five guests I I mean like you both are like the epitome of health that's (laughs) that is really awesome I'm really proud of you guys. Really proud.
2: Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, Jen, is there anything going on with rooted in love that you want to share? Anything new that uh, is going on that you want to talk about?
3: Um, I don't, have it finished yet, but I am working on some resources for my website so that, you know, fives like Claire and I can just get on a website and learn instead of like diving into social media and having to deal with people. <laughs> and um I want to, I'm creating a course. We'll see where it goes. I don't know yet. I'm really slow at working on projects. And I think through every little detail way too deeply, but, um, I want it just to be a basic introduction to not only essential oils, but growth and health and kind of be like well-rounded and teaching people like a good foundation, um, to get their own start.
2: Very cool. Well, we'll link all of your information. So people can go check that out some more i know we love your stuff we love what you're doing with val too so we think everybody could benefit from what the work that y'all are doing so last time uh, on the podcast we asked our listeners to answer a poll for us about enneagram types and rest and we've been sharing those on instagram and facebook and so um, listeners can hop on there and follow us and check those out we've just got some tips for Uh, how to rest well based on your Enneagram type and uh, some essential oils to assist in that as well. So Claire and Jen, thank you so much. Um, I think we learned a lot and we are just thrilled to have you guys. And we, I think a lot of you too, Claire, I know I just met you, but I already think a lot of you. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Based on your story. So uh, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks for having us
0: thanks for pouring into people. I mean because that's been very refreshing to hear from from both of you and that's what it's all about. you know We fill ourselves up so that we can pour into other people and and I really appreciate that.
1: There's a land that is fair.